time to give your heart. Come just as you are to worship. Come just as you are before your God. Come. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come. Just as you are to worship, come, just as you are before your God, come, now is the time to worship, come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. And one day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come. Now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come. Now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come. Just as you are before your God. Come. Hallelujah. Yes, let's come into his house and let's worship him today. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let us praise you now, Lord. Hallelujah. With all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is (coughs) your presence, Lord. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness holy spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, 
God is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, your presence is welcome here. We welcome your spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we magnify, we glorify your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing worth more, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing comes close to you, to your glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We will bring you praise. We will exalt your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name for the rest of my life. I'll forever proclaim he's good. He's good. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name for the rest of my life. I'll forever proclaim he's good, he's good. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. For who is like our Lord and King, his glory and his fame? He is exalted above the heavens. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name for the rest of my life. I'll forever proclaim he's good. He's good. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name for the rest of my life. I'll forever proclaim he's good. He's good. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. For who is like our Lord and King, his glory and his fame? He is exalted above the heavens. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. For who is like our Lord and King, his glory and his fame? He is exalted 
I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name. I will bless the Lord. I will praise his name for the rest of my life. I'll forever proclaim he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. I will bless the Lord. Yes, let's do that right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity you've given us today to enter into your presence, to make our petitions and requests known unto you, to give glory and honor unto our God for your great goodness, for your excellent mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. He is an awesome God. And it gives me comfort to know that one day, those that hate Him, those that despise His ways, are going to declare that He is indeed Lord. And their knee will bow before Him. It gives me comfort to know that. That in the end, He wins. And because He wins, so do we. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. He is altogether victorious. We may go through difficult times. We may go through hard situations. But God does not. God has everything in the palm of His hand. And in His time, everything's going to be resolved. Everything is going to be made right. Thank God. The insanity in the world today, the craziness, it's all going to be made right. I am so looking forward to that day. Praise God. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. We'll also read from Romans chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15 says this. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Romans 1, 8 through 11 says this. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Amen. We'll talk for a few minutes today on this topic, Thanksgiving with Paul. Thanksgiving with Paul. Let's pray one more time and ask the Lord to have his will accomplished here today in our lives and in his service. Amen. Lord Jesus, you're an awesome God. Thank you for this opportunity you've given us. Thank you for your word, which is about to go forth, that it would not return void, but that it would accomplish that which you please. Prosper in the thing whereto you send it. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be doers and not hearers of the word, deceiving our own selves, submitting ourselves unto the will and plan of God for our lives, and giving glory unto his name. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can be seated. <clears throat> we just celebrated Thanksgiving, whether it was on its actual day or not. Uh, it doesn't really matter. In some form or fashion, we all celebrated Thanksgiving. Family, friends, hopefully. Uh, hopefully had some good food. Amen. Thanksgiving is, is, a, is a wonderful time of the year. And it causes us to reflect and it causes us to think that we have a lot to be thankful for. As Americans, as people who live 
work in the Western world, we have a lot to be thankful for. I spoke in the first service about living in 1850. Thank God we're not living in 1850. I think some aspects of it, could, we could bring those out. But by and large, I wouldn't want to go to the dentist in 1850. I wouldn't want to go to the doctor in 1850. The medicine was largely cocaine and morphine mixed in with some belladonna. I mean, it was good stuff, right? Goodness. But we have so much to be thankful for. But as a society, we're not very thankful. We are not at all thankful. All we can seem to do is point out the inconsistencies, and they need to be pointed out. Don't get me wrong. I think this is the greatest country in the world, but it's not without problems. We have inconsistencies. We have hypocrisies. We have issues that need to be dealt with. I agree. But yet, we are still the greatest nation in the world. Why is everyone wanting to still come here if we are so awful, if we are so hideous and such monsters of a nation? Why does everyone still want to be here? Why don't those people who hate America so much go somewhere else where they'd be happier, where it'd be better? I'm not saying I hate them. I'm not saying I want them to go. But if they're unhappy here, why are you still here? I'm very happy here. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Nowhere else in the world is. can we still enjoy the liberties that we enjoy here. Have the standard of living that we have here. It's still the greatest nation on earth. And we have a lot to be thankful for. We read a lot of instances of thanksgiving and lack of thanksgiving in Scripture. In Exodus 15, the nation of Israel had just come across the Red Sea by a mighty deliverance. God had miraculously delivered them from the armies of the Egyptians. And he had also equally miraculously destroyed their enemy under the waves of the Red Sea. And in Exodus 15, they take up a song. And they sing praises and glory unto the the God that saved them, that delivered them from the armies of the enemy. And it's a beautiful passage of Scripture. I won't read the whole thing. It's kind of long. But it's really good. And it's very true. How great God is. Destroyed the horse and the rider. Drowned them in the midst of the sea. It's beautiful. And rightly so. They ought to have praised and thanked God because they had nothing to do with it. That was all God. God did that, and it was only Him. All they did was sat back and watched the deliverance. So they ought to have thanked God. They ought to have praised and worshipped God for that deliverance. Rightly so. And then in Exodus 16, they pick right back up where they left off and start murmuring and complaining, wanting to go back to Egypt. They were just singing God's praises for delivering them from Egypt. But now they want to go back because it's getting a little hard again. In Psalm 100, we see a psalm of thanksgiving. David singing praises of thanksgiving unto God. I will read this because it's only five verses. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Amen. We have a God to be thankful for this morning. We can be thankful in the fact that he loves us, that he created us, and he's done so very much for us. 
What has he done specifically? We're getting to that. Paul was very thankful. Of course, in his when we're first introduced to Saul, he doesn't seem very thankful. He doesn't seem like a very good guy. He seems a little angry. A little preoccupied. Saul is a very hateful man. Saul hates the church. He hates this Jesus who seems to have instigated this thing. He hates the people that believe on this Jesus. He knows, he's convinced that this is this is heresy. This is against the law of Moses. Moses had nothing to say about this except that Jesus says he's God. We just saw him crucified. He's not God. He's a heretic. And anyone that follows him are heretics. And so he's going out with passion and with zeal and with fervency and doing everything he can to destroy this new sect. He's very angry. And he's very determined. But then, he has an encounter on the road to Damascus. He meets Jesus face to face. He's thrown from his horse. Jesus asks him a question. Why? Why are you persecuting me? I always find that fascinating. That Jesus doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? Why are you persecuting my church? He doesn't say that. He says, why are you persecuting me? Because when his people are persecuted, he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. He is persecuted alongside with us. He's going through it with us. He's walking alongside of it in the midst with us. Why are you persecuting me? And we see something about Paul that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Paul knows at this point that I was so wrong. I was so desperately wrong. And he's humbled before this God that he had been persecuting. And he acknowledges it. He acknowledges Jesus. What do I have to do? What do I need to do? God tells him what to do. And he goes post-haste and gets it done. There are two things that Paul becomes thankful for. He's thankful for an empty grave. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 55 through 57, he writes this. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How did God give us the victory? He was crucified, but not just crucified. All kinds of people were crucified in his day. Jesus rose from the dead. That's the difference. When it was time, he picked his life back up and kept on going. Paul hated Christ before the cross. Paul loved seeing Jesus crucified, this heretic, this man who claimed to be God. And then suddenly here he is again, appearing to me on the road to Damascus. Paul is the one who guarded the coats of those who stoned Stephen, the first martyr. He consented to it. He wanted it. Paul put many people to death, many more people in prison. 
But after he encountered Jesus, he was a changed man. Still fervent. Still very passionate. Because, you see, Paul, he was fervent about the right things. He was very jealous for his God. He was very passionate to see his will accomplished. He just misunderstood what his will was. That was it. But once God corrected him, he continued with equal passion and with equal zeal, building the church of God. Once he understood his error, he went about for the rest of his life making it right. He was very thankful to receive that revelation. He was very thankful to be called of God. To be called the Son of God. He was thankful for the eternal gift. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. This was a free gift that Paul had but to receive. You see, again, before this, Paul tried so hard. He did everything in his own power, in his own might. He rested in his own ability to learn and to, to discover and to to go out and get things done himself. He's the one that studied under Gamaliel. He's the one that did the work, studied, memorized. When everyone else was doing what they wanted to do, he was in the books. He did that. And when he graduated, and he graduated way up there, he got to work. He got busy. He wasn't resting on his laurels. But he went about making things happen because he was very jealous for his God. He loved God. But it was all him. It was all depending on him. And when he found out that this is a free gift, I just have to receive it. The work's been done. He did it on Calvary. He did everything on Calvary. It's depending on Jesus. It's depending on His finished work. Not on me. He was very thankful for that. And he made mention of it many times. It is the free gift of God. It's not of ourselves. Salvation was a free gift to receive. And he received it. And he strove very hard so that others could receive it as well. Paul was thankful for other Christians. This is interesting. Philippians 1 and 3 says this. And it's not the only time he says this. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Paul had a great love for the saints. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He loved the saints of God. <clears throat> John 13 and 35 says, Jesus speaking, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Do we love one another? What does that even mean? What does it mean to love? Who is my neighbor? We know what love is. We know what love is. We esteem our brother and sister above ourselves. We make sure their needs are met before ours. Love longs for fellowship. We want to see each other. We look forward to getting together again. What brings you back to church? 
Hopefully you're not here out of a sense of duty, although if you are, we're so glad you're here. I'd still rather you be here out of duty than other somewhere else. But hopefully it's not just duty. Hopefully we're here for other reasons. Why do we come to church? Why are we here today? What did we expect would happen when we came to church today? Did we have an expectation as to what would happen? Or just come and roll the dice and see what happens? We talk about freedoms. This is a freedom that more and more is hanging in the balance, church. I could very easily see a day where this goes away. Where we're not allowed to come here anymore. What do we do then? Well, we get together at home. That's the obvious choice. Until they shut that down. Then we find another home. We're going to do something. But we're going to get together. Because we need fellowship one with another. We cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It's good for us to be together. It's good for that to take place. And we ought to look forward to that. I come to experience Jesus. I come to receive of Him and to give to Him. I come for all of those things, but I also come for all of you. I very much enjoy speaking with you, seeing you, seeing your response to the preached word, seeing your response to Jesus up here at the altar. I enjoy that. I enjoy speaking with you. How are things going? The good and the bad. It doesn't always go good, unfortunately. But God is always good. I understand that sometimes Christians, our brothers and sisters, do not live up to their potential. That's me, and that's you. We don't always talk like Christians should talk. We don't always act like Christians ought to act. We do have shortcomings. We do have failings. We will disappoint one another. We will let one another down. We can acknowledge that. People are going to be people. But there ought to be a fierce loyalty amongst Christians. We've heard the analogy. I think it's an apt one. Families, they get together and they fight. But when someone outside the family comes and says something, the fighting stops. Now everything's focused on that other person. Now they're all, all of a sudden unified. And that's the way we ought to be. Yeah, we're going to squabble. We're a family. But when the enemy comes at us, when the enemy comes at one of us, he comes against all of us. And then we unify. And we face, we face the enemy together. We have to be thankful for one another. Paul was thankful for everything else. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks. I'm sure we've all heard at least one sermon on this. That means the good and the bad. That means the easy and the hard. How can we be thankful for the hard? How can we be thankful for something so horrible as the death of a loved one? How can we be thankful for something so horrible as a terminal illness? How can we be thankful for something... I can't see any good in this at all. we are to still be thankful. If not for that, for everything else. If I get a terminal illness, 
I can thank God that I'm ready to go. And that's on Him. That's all Jesus, that I'm ready to go. He did the work. I just received the gift. I can thank God that I'm going to meet Him. I can thank God for the whole life that I experienced in Him. I can thank God for my family, for my church family, my brothers and sisters, all of the blessings of God. I can be thankful for so many things. Because here's the thing. At whatever point in my life God calls me home or I end up in the rapture, whatever point that is, if I sit on a deathbed and I have time to consider, I can look back on my life without regret. I have regrets. I I wish I'd have made different choices and done different things like everybody does. But the one thing I'll never regret is saying yes to Jesus Christ. I'll never regret that. Not for all eternity. I can sit on my deathbed at peace, knowing where I'm going. And when a loved one dies in the Lord, it's hard. But I have a peace because I'm going to see him again here real soon. It's a temporary separation. I'm going to miss him for a while. You bet I am. But we're going to... We're going to be together again. And if I die first, I'm going to miss the time that I could have spent with family and friends. But I'm going to see him again. Praise God. So when things are hard in my life and situations seem grim, I can still thank God. Because... I would have hard situations and tough choices without God. But now, I have a help. Now I have a strength outside of myself. A wisdom beyond me that I can turn to in my time of need. Paul was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned, and he gave thanks. He had poor eyesight. He wasn't very handsome. He was kind of short. He gave thanks. He didn't receive enough gifts from the churches, but he gave thanks for what he did receive. And here's the secret. Here's the secret of thanksgiving for the Thessalonians. The letter concludes, the letter to the church at Thessalonica, Thessalonians, with Christ's return. At the end of it all, that's why I am thankful for everything. That's why I can be so thankful for whatever happens. Is because at some point, all of this goes away. It's all done. Whatever hardships I face, whatever hardships you face, it's not fair down here. There is sometimes no justice down here. Can we acknowledge that? But at the end of all of it, God will make it right. There will be justice. If not here, then over there. There will be justice. Everything's going to be set in order. And everything is going to be made right. I'm thankful for that. I am so thankful for that. After all of our sacrifice, our struggle, the good times and the bad, whatever happens down here, we have an eternity to look forward to where none of this is even going to matter. Where we too will be able to say with Paul, these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight in glory. Every day we expect to see Jesus return for his church. And we ought to be living accordingly, like he could come back any day.
I don't know how many of us truly believe that he's going to come back in the next half hour. But I think most of us understand that he's going to come back here real soon. And we don't know the day or the hour. The Bible says he's going to come when we expect him least. So don't be surprised. Don't be caught unawares. Continue living for Jesus Christ as if he's coming back right now. Plan as if he's not coming back in your lifetime, certainly. Make plans. Order your finances accordingly. Get a retirement account built up. All those things, absolutely. But live like he's coming back today. Because we don't know when he's coming back, but he is. And when he does, everything at that point forward is set in stone. What we've done, what we've left undone, it will be impossible to change at that point. It's done. There's no, if you understand video game terminology, you can't revert to a previous save and try it again. Life doesn't work like that, does it? We get one shot. And afterward, we deal with the consequences, whatever those are. The consequences for serving Jesus, at worst, are light and but for a moment. The cost of serving Jesus is easy. It's light. It's small. The consequences of saying no to Jesus Christ are also eternally significant. And it really comes down to a very simple choice. Who gets to be God? Who gets to say what's right and what's wrong? Do you get to be God? Or does Jesus get to be God? And that's a, that's a, that sounds like a facetious question, but it's a question that Jesus asks everybody. He's going to be God someday. You are going to bow your knee to Him, whether you do it here or there. <clears throat> if you do it here, you get an eternal reward. You're still going to do it, but also everlasting damnation. Whatever you think about that choice, it's really irrelevant. Whatever I think about it is absolutely irrelevant. I didn't set this up. I didn't create this reality. I didn't suffer on a cross and die for anyone. I'm just relating what Jesus said. I say it unapologetically. I say it with love and compassion, but I say it unapologetically. If you don't accept Jesus now, you will bow to him later, but you will end up in everlasting damnation. Choose him today. We have a lot to be thankful for in the United States. But what about the hereafter? I'm so much more thankful for what I have to look forward to in the hereafter. First Thessalonians chapter 5 begins like this. And I read this in closing. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. <clears throat> For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. <coughs> and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. 
But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Amen. Let's all stand. As Americans, we do have so very much to be thankful for in the world, secularly. But as Christians, we have so much more to be thankful for. So much more so, in fact, that if all of this were removed, we would still be extremely and very thankful for what God has done in our lives. Christians around the world who have none of this, they have quite the opposite are extremely thankful for the God of their salvation. They are very jealous for His glory. Are we? Are we thankful for what God has done in our lives? Or do we act like the children of Israel in Exodus 16? Maybe a little of both. As we come to the front, And as we begin to call out on God, let's come to the front. Amen. We're going to talk with Jesus. Let's thank Him this morning. Certainly for everything we receive in this life. Let's thank Him also for what He did at Calvary. Let's thank Him for the free gift of God, His salvation. And let's thank Him for the hope that we have in the future, in eternity, spent with Him. Where there will be no more suffering, no more pain, sickness, sorrow, disease, death. All of that will pass away. It will be no more. So let's thank Him this morning. Whatever else he wants to say, let him say that to you. But let's thank him today, can we? Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for you. We are so thankful for this opportunity this morning to have entered into the presence, the very throne room of God. There were times in our lives where we could not enter into your direct presence, where we were not accepted into the throne room of God. But today we are accepted because of the blood of Jesus that has been applied to our lives. Not because of us, but because of the free gift of God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I am so very thankful this morning for every benefit, every blessing that I receive as a citizen of the United States. We certainly have issues. We have forsaken you. We have forsaken your laws, your precepts, your commandments, and have sought us other gods who cannot deliver and who cannot save. But as your people, O God, we will continue to follow after you. We will continue to serve you because where else can we go? You have the words of life. Hallelujah, Jesus. I will continually be thankful for your so great salvation. I will be so thank I will continue to be thankful for your sacrifice at Calvary. That was my price to pay. That was my judgment to receive. But you received it for me. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For your so great salvation. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to save me. You continue to to deliver me from the bondage of sin and death. You continue to protect me from all forms of harm and injury. You continue to woo me with cords of love. Hallelujah, Jesus. When I grow cold, you stir me and you woo me. 
When I fall, you pick me back up. When I'm lost, you find me again and set me on the right path. Hallelujah, Jesus. When I'm lost or confused or, or in doubt, you calm my fears and you settle my spirit. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And when all this is over, I will, I will see you. I will see you face to face. Not through a glass darkly, but face to face. The one who died for me. The one who saved me. The one who loved me when I was unlovable. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious people. For the fellowship that we have one with another. Thank you, Lord, for their fellowship. Thank you for their prayers. Thank you for their, their estimation. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for their love. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are truly thankful. We are so thankful today. Things don't always go according to our plan. Things don't always work out the way we would like them to. But we can still be thankful. We are still thankful. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for your fellowship. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your compassion and your daily grace and mercy. Thank you for your so great salvation. Thank you for your healing touch, your delivering power. Thank you, Lord, for restoring relationships in my life, for providing my daily need. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are wondrous. You are altogether glorious. Bless your people, I pray. Stir in us, Lord, an ever greater hunger, an ever greater desire to draw close to You, to serve You and to please You. Give us, if possible, the fervency of Paul, the fervency and and zeal of Phinehas. Help us, Lord Jesus, to pursue You with everything in us. Hallelujah. To demonstrate, if we can, our thankfulness to You. To show You, if it's possible, how thankful we are for all that You've done. We can't earn anything. But we can show you our thanks. We can demonstrate that we are thankful. Hallelujah, Jesus.